You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You are listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops for the Smart Wrestling Fan. Here are your hosts, Vlad the Impaler and Silicon Steve Valley. High Spots and Cheap Pops, we're back! And AEW keeps on rolling on. We're going to review AEW once again. Hope you guys enjoyed the Raw review. Vlad the Impaler on the other side. Impaler, you impaling son of a gun. What did you think of AEW Dynamite this week? I thought it was a good show. Um, Definitely the best show on TV in terms of wrestling. Uh, I know other podcasts might not necessarily agree with that. Um, But um, there's a lot of things going on. And um, it's definitely uh, dynamite was uh, was an interesting thing. There's a lot of things going on in terms of um, the Bucks and Hangman and Kenny Omega, especially. Um, also, uh, uh, Team Taz. There seems to be trouble in Paradise. Also, the whole Cody Rhodes um, QT Marshall deal that's going on with this exhibition match, and I think there's going to be a major change in the scenery going on there me personally dude cody is so much the fucking miz right now in aew isn't he like he's following um, the, he's following the miz's career path to like a t except for the executive vice president yeah they they're definitely they're marketing themselves in a in a certain way to go above and beyond a even aew I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he's like looking to go and do movies and things that nature much like the miz really um <clears throat> but he um this whole angle with qt marshall match which is saying hey this is not going to go and impact their you know their records which you know everybody's paying attention to i guess and um and they're gonna have arn anderson referee it and there's already been just a, a weird vibe going on anytime that uh, the american uh, i'm sorry the nightmare uh families have been involved late so steve marshall's onto something i mean i I almost wonder if they take out Cody here. I think that's very probable. I wouldn't say probable, but I would say it's definitely on the table. Because Arn Anderson, if you go anything to his character since the entire time here in AEW as a manager, he's no nonsense. He cheats when he can. He's cheated for Cody several times. And here he's part of the the Nightmare family, which let's be honest. I mean, they're the worst faction in AEW, and it's not close. I mean, really, there's one star in the mm-hmm. entire faction. There's like 20 people in the faction, and there's one, two stars if you want to count Dustin. So why would Arn Anderson, especially seeing what Tully Blanchard is doing with the pinnacle, why would Arn Anderson stay with these group with this group? And Cody's direction, he's been aloof. He can't fight for a championship. He really is now going to be out of the TNT title picture. What would be the reason for Cody to even be part of the, right? Cody's starting to get a little annoying to me, to be honest with you. So I think they need to break up the nightmare family and have Cody figure something out. Something's missing. You know, I've been thinking about this, especially when they, they showed you the, um, you know, commercials for this uh, upcoming uh, TV show that he's doing in very much in the fashion of the Miz, which I'm sure you're going to be watching each and every week. Um, Fuck Cody. I'm ah. Uh, see, you're going this route, but he's he's actually a huge face that a lot of people like. Not necessarily me, but um, I I have a feeling that they might be going a certain route with this. And this is what I'm thinking. I have a feeling, and and you mentioned him about him not having the opportunity to fight for the world title. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with that stipulation against uh, Jericho. Yeah. Right. That was against Jericho, right? No, just to refresh my memory. Okay. So I didn't want to speak out of school there. So, <clears throat> so my thinking is here uh, something goes on there with that exhibition. Cody is very aloof. He's already wearing, you know, the, the, uh, his arms in a sling. They're already alluding to some sort of injury. QT Marshall, Aaron Anderson, and maybe even Dustin Rhodes. Maybe they decide to go and, you know, put him out of his misery 
he's able to step away from more further from the on-camera aspect of things for a while up until brandy and he have their uh obviously it's gonna be a beautiful baby girl um with those genetics going at it and um so he has a chance to just sort of do his television show promote cody and he's off to the side and he's still in you know in in the scope of things but he's not necessarily on camera each and every week eating up time so here's where i'm getting to kenny omega tony khan they're not necessarily seeing eye to eye especially with your um favorite guy mr don Callis. Is it possible that Kenny Omega just holds on to this belt for a while? Maybe it's six months. And nobody's beating him. He's collecting belts. And then finally, Tony Khan goes to Cody, and especially when the fans are back, and says, Cody, I don't give a crap about that stipulation. I want you to go against Kenny. I don't think they would do something like that. It's kind of, uh, I don't think that's kind of their style. Uh, maybe though, I could see something like that. Like Cody won't do it. He won't do it. He won't do it. And they're betting. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And then Kenny and, just, and, that, and that's the, that's the only way. They don't have great matches though. I've seen a couple of them. No, I, I, I no, I agree. I mean, honestly, Cody is a very good WWE wrestler. He had a great match with his brother, but since then, I no, you know, mm-hmm. Cody puts a, when he's in there, he's looks like a Cena. When he's in there with somebody who can really go, he can put on a clinic. But if he's with somebody who's lacking a little bit or they're not having a good night or they're not jiving for whatever, it can be a disaster. Mm-hmm. That's Cody. He's a fucking yeah. a solid B player in terms of bell to bell. But it's not. Kenny's A+. Plus. Yeah. Um, it's, a fair, fair, it's a fair assessment. He's not. Yeah, yeah. But I see what you're saying to a yeah, certain I'm trying to think who would be comparable to. I mean, who would you rather, Cesaro or Cesaro? Who would you rather, Cesaro or Cody? Cody uh, Cesaro, right? As far as a bell to bell guy, right? Oh, bell to bell, it's not even close, Cesaro. But there's a lot more to, you know, okay. bell to bell. Mm-hmm. Bell to bell, it's not close. But overall package, you'd, I think you'd put Cody mm-hmm. overall uh, at this point in time because we haven't seen Cesaro. By the way, if you put Cody, just WWE Cody against WWE Cesaro, I take Cesaro all day, every day, and 35 times on Sunday. So Cesaro, yeah, okay. so Cesaro outside of WWE, I don't know what would happen. But, you know. Right, right. But bell to bell, definitely. Cody's – I don't think Cody's a top 10 yeah, worker. Yeah, sorry, I, I, inter- I interrupted you, man. What were you saying otherwise? Oh, I say I don't think Cody's a top 10 worker in AEW, and I don't think it's even close. I don't, he might be top 20. Hmm. Were you saying something about uh, him maybe getting the title shot, like with Tony Khan begging him and begging him and not caring yeah, about the stipulation? I, I mean, it's an interesting – I don't think that's the route they're going to go, but I think it's an interesting idea. I think it's a really cool idea. Come on, man. You got to do it, man. He's wearing one of those stupid Jaguar jackets. Come on, man. Yeah. No, man, that's crap. He, it's such crap. It's crap, man. I was so not intimidated. I was like, this guy's a billionaire? Jesus. Jesus. But, he, I, hey, look, I love the guy, so I'm not <laughs> shitting on him. It's just he's not the most intimidating boss I ever saw. No. Even though I I no. might be, I think I'm in the minority, but I do enjoy his little vignettes. Uh, on when I I just YouTube him and the way he fucks with Impact, so I do like that. Impact, yeah, yeah, he's good. Uh, he's good at that uh, sarcastic sort of uh, level. With Shivani being over there. Yeah, but I but but back to your point, I don't think they go that route. I but I don't know. We'll have to see what happens here with QT Marshall and Arn Anderson. But I they need to change something in that whole deal. I mean, I don't know what it is. But it's not working with the Nightmare family, and like I said, I don't think it's worked for several months. Yeah, I don't. Know. I just think there's going to be a, a different landscape while he's gone. You know, we're not going to have to eat up TV time. I don't know what happens to the Nightmare family there or the Nightmare Factory. Is it the Nightmare Factory? I thought factory. It was I don't know. What are they? You tell me. It's the family. Where'd you get Factory from? Are you have you been listening to CNC Music Factory today? With Vin Diesel. No, what was the old uh, WCW? What was the old WCW um, power plant? Um, like that was the power plant. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Nightmare Family. Okay. Um, Which yeah, I was wondering so, where the yeah. factory even came from. 
Yeah, I don't know. Do you see how much I pay attention to them? I mean, they're, they're a group of jobbers that are less entertaining than the Dark Order at this point. So it's like they're second level jobbers. I only like Austin Gunn out of the entire Nightmare family. He's the only one I like. Not Billy Gunn, huh? I don't like Billy Gunn. I never did like Billy. I was never an ass fan. I couldn't stand the New Age Outlaws at all. Couldn't stand the young, the, 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 what, what do they call the the young guns, the smoking guns, the Top Guns. What the fuck were they called? The Gun Brothers. Smoking the, Guns. The smoke. They were like a, yeah. and they were like the second team after Demolition to get a three, become three time tag team champions. And now you have fifteen time champions or whatever the new day is. But, but yeah. what have you? But what have you? <laughs> it was such a big deal when Demolition won their three peat. Grilla Monsoon kept on calling it a three-peat. Three-peat chess! <laughs> I mean, that that was probably... You should look at the years they won and how it correlated with the Lakers winning and Pat Riley uh, coining that frame. It was a couple years later. No, Pat Riley coined that, that phrase and that um, oh, tagline of three-peat. Yeah, it was a couple years later. It was it was right. I think it was must have been WrestleMania six or seven. I think it was six. They beat the Colossal Connection to win the third championship. I think Haku took the loss, of course. And then they blamed Andre. And I think that Andre turned babyface. And I think that was the last time he wrestled in WWE. Actually, Haku, toughest man in wrestling. Fuck yeah, or Mang. He was a bad motherfucker, dude. He really was. Still is. He was yeah. part. Of- yeah, I was watching videos of bastard bar fight stories and things of that nature. Yeah, it's not the guy to mess with. <laughs> they, they always said, they always talked about it. Like they were, uh, they had asked, you know, when DX did that invasion, they basically were like, did you have Mang there and Haku there ready to go? You know, Haku and the Barbarian, those two <laughs> sort of apparently. The faces of fear are actually legit shoot bad motherfuckers, apparently. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, <clears throat> Haku's kids are good, too. But anyway, but that's an interesting point. I don't think they do it, but it is an interesting point. But I don't know yet because we got to see. I got to see how this progresses a little bit more. But that would be a hell of a call if that does happen. <clears throat> I think you'll get this Intercontinental Championship belt just because of that. How about that one, pal? Wow. That is wow. Mark, mark this date. If that happens, that's a wild. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's a wild storyline to predict, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then otherwise on the AW, uh, you had the Bucks, and um, uh, what's his name? Uh, your favorite uh, Dragon Cutler uh, against um, the um, oh Lucha Brothers and the Laredo Kid, who definitely was not idiots, and. Um, but that was an interesting thing. And the most interesting thing that came out of that was uh, Kenny Omega, of course, coming out and trying to put a literal gun to the head of the Bucks and, you know, refer to each other as being so, so sweet. And the young Bucks didn't take the bait. So uh, Omega got bloodied up there. Oh, I, I popped for when the Lucha Brothers double kicked him, double super kicked him. I popped. I was like, yeah, and I love Kenny. But it was just, yeah. I just love when you have badass heels fight with other badass heels. Not that I know Ray yeah. Phoenix has been a little bit more of a baby face as of late, but mm. Penta certainly is, is a heel. So I loved how they did that. And they actually took, it was fun. That was the first time we saw Kenny really get beaten down, at, you know, since he won the championship, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Boxing yeah, it was, the, it was their sh- it was their shot, and they took it, and that was like it was a sort of a refreshing thing to see again. Yeah, it was really cool. I popped for that. Uh, but to talk about everything and all these moving pieces that are happening with the elite, we got to start with being the elite this week. The Impaler, folks. Other than the seven-day ultimatum that Carl Anderson gave Doc Gallows to not jerk off for a week, other than that. We should really talk about the ending of being the elite when we saw Matt Jackson seeing Adam Page, Hangman Page, celebrating and humping and getting humped by the Dark Order. And this is weird dichotomy. You have yeah. this moment if you didn't see it, folks. So a couple months ago, uh, Matt Jackson sent a text to Hangman while Hangman was getting bombed with Cutler. 
and and Matt Jackson was like, hey, I really want to talk. Let's try to walk work this out. We miss you as a friend, what have you. And mm-hmm. and so Hangman was off getting bombed with Cutler, lost his phone. Somebody picked it up. You didn't know who it was and said, basically, fuck off. I'm over with you guys. Right. We found out who was it? Impeller. It wasn't Hangman. Who was the dastardly man who sent those texts? None other than none other than the broken one, Matt Hardy. <laughs> and the way he told them was so like, I had to do that. You guys are billable. You guys are yeah. horrible. Like he was clowning them while he was like, oh yeah, it wasn't me. Of course it wasn't me. <laughs> like it wasn't this big reveal. It was just like, yeah, it was me, dicks. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the way they're, they, I'm a fan of uh, Matt Hardy's approach of late. <laughs> I've always look. I think Matt Hardy has gotten a rough, rough go of it. I've defended him since day one being in AEW. I mean, you have WWE marks going out there, and I hate using that word by the way because I'm a mark. But marks about Matt Hardy basically saying that everything he's done since he's been in AEW has been a disaster. Well, I turn around and say, well, what was he doing in WWE? And look at Matt Hardy's body of work in AEW has been there a year. He was in the main event in the, the first pay-per-view he was in. He had a nice, whatever, he had a really nice debut. I think it was the very first dynamite after the, when the pandemic hit and had a great program with Sammy, but mm-hmm. there were some controversial things and he got killed for it by WWE people saying he was unsafe and what have you. And he has re- he has reworked his situation. He's got a pretty nice faction going for him right now and some interesting dynamics with it. And just to, as much of a dick as he is, it's great. Yeah. And, and you know, that faction, I think he's going to be evolving over and over. And he's just going to shape it until he's like content with what he has there. Yeah, they're letting him go with it, which is cool. He's having a lot of impact with it. So he's not as – I think he struck gold with the broken brilliance, but typically he's has a lot – outside of the broken brilliance, he hasn't really blown my skirt up, so to speak. You know what I mean? But he's doing a hell of a job so far, and I've been really into him since he's been, mm-hmm. since he's been in AEW. But but we start with there. But wait, wait. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be on. Go ahead, sorry, yeah. uh, real quick. I, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I think there's a, still a chance that he's gonna be the guy that leads the Dark Order. It is an outside chance. I thought that could. I think we both said that was a pretty good possibility at the last pay per view. Obviously, it didn't happen. I'm not sure right now. The way the Dark Order is set up. I mean, you you really root for these guys. These are the lovable losers. They're they're the underdogs. They have a kid barking him orders wanting to wrestle people. I mean, right now, the the Dark Order is babyface gold, and it's an entire faction. To turn an entire faction heel, and those guys, too, because those guys, very much like Eddie Kingston, they're not exactly there... They're not exactly the guys you're going to fear. You know what I mean? They're not exactly guys that you're going to be afraid. Yeah. I mean, if Matt Hardy takes over, are they really going to be that more fearsome? I mean, Brody Lee was devastating. He was impending. He. I personally don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could go and add somebody to Matt with Matt Hardy of a decent size and stature like Brody Lee. And then all of a sudden, now the Dark Order has numbers. And I mean, truthfully, like, you know, like, how long are they just going to be the level, love, like, lovable losers? I'm not saying this is going to happen overnight, but I just see how how Matt Hardy is adding and subtracting people left and right. And then all of a sudden, he's also uh, who he's involved with right now. And, you know, okay, he's, he's starting a feud basically here with uh, Darby. And uh, it looks like, you know, it's going to be him against Darby and um, and Sting's going to be involved. But, again, they're getting into the mix of things with the Dark Order, especially here. And, and we'll be interested to see what happens with the Dark Order, too, now that um, your favorite Johnny Hunky uh, is going to be out for uh, several weeks. Yeah. Well, he's still a guy that could probably be, get some laughs on camera. He's still going to be around. So, you know, but we'll see. I, that'll be interesting what they what they have to do, but it'll be something that they can. But I kind of want to get back into the Kenny and Bucks thing. Um, yes, please. 
Yeah, so so you took it after seeing that, and we'll replay it. We got Matt Matt Jackson. Here's that for Matt Hardy. That essentially, I'm the guy who told you to fuck off, not Hangman. And Matt Jackson was like, "Oh shit!" You know, I was mad at this guy the whole time. So he goes to talk to Hangman, and then he sees him celebrating. <laughs> and it was like this moment where Matt was really internalizing a lot of emotions and looking sad. And meanwhile, the dark corner just keeps on bouncing on each other and humping each other. And it was just this like ridiculous fucking idiocy happening over here while they were going for this emotional moment on the right part of the screen. It was really great dichotomy. But what it was, was Matt Hardy was experiencing and witnessing joy in a room and he has not had that himself. in how long Matt Jackson. Yeah. Um, yeah, I met Jackson. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. I everyone knew what you meant. Um, yeah. I, I could see that, but when were they having the most fun? And I'll go back to that. They were having the most fun in their careers when they were rolling with Kenny and Hangman. In their entire history, in their entire lineage of the Bullet Club, was never super tight with the Bucks, opposed to in comparison to Kenny. And Kenny had an impassioned speech before the Lucha Brothers took him out, had an impassioned speech about how he didn't pick AEW, he picked the Young Bucks. He was his family. This is your last chance, in air quotes. Um, and also the way Don Callis planted the seed the week before. Yes, and what they're doing is, is brilliant because they're getting people to think, okay, could it be possible that Hangman and the Bucks against Good Brothers and Kenny? It writes itself, exactly. But I think if that happens, then Hangman's getting a double super kick courtesy of the Young Bucks. We'll see, man. We will see. Because I don't see Hangman with the Dark Order. I even actually went back and watched the whole um, uh, vignette that they had uh, uh, where uh, Johnny Hungy was getting all uh, revved up for his match with Darby Allen, and he's like going, going through the coffin drops, uh, practicing coffin drops with the Dark Order. Hilarious, and that, by off, the way. Um, yeah, off the, off the right-hand side of the camera, Adam Page comes in, and... Yeah, I understand he's not the leader of the uh, of the Dark Order, but his words were very telling. It was about those guys being proud of you. He didn't say, I'm proud of you. And what true friend wouldn't just say, hey, I'm proud of you. So there's something there. He's not connecting completely with them. And I, I went as far as going to closed captioning and confirming what he said there. And it was those guys. It's not me. Hey. No matter what, I'm going to be proud of you. No, he didn't say that. So why is there such a line of, and a boundary between him even extending that as a friend? So that's where I'm thinking he's going to be linking up with somebody. You disagree with me. I'm going to say it's Leon Bucks, and they're going to be rolling his faces together. So this is why I think you're wrong with that theory. Mm-hmm. And I explained, I think, to you via text. Yes. It was the reaction Silver gave Hangman. Silver was encouraged and happy. He wasn't disappointed. Like, oh, why did you say me? He was, He took it like that. The way I took that scene and that vignette, and first of all, let's go back to the coffin drop training. Fucking hilarious. I laughed my ass off. I didn't know what they were doing right away. And I'm like, what? And it was, I just love the Dark Order. I really, I can't believe how much I love this faction when we buried them. They, they lost 200 pounds from Evil Uno and they got cool. Um, but when, when Hangman said that, Silver was just pumping, still super. Oh, you're cool, man. You're the man, Hangman. Thanks. He said, you're the, he, I think he even said, you're the man, Hangman. Thanks. So there was no bitterness from Silver. So I don't think that's the reason. I will say this. However, to your point, I don't think he's going to ever be with the Dark Order. I think he's going to have that moment where he's going to align himself with the Bucks, and I think they turn on him when that happens. So you're going to be right for a period, but the Bucks will turn on him. Because I think he was. In, well, he we'll see what happens, man. Well, I, I think he wasn't comparing himself with the Dark Order. I think he was comparing himself and 
and how he was not did not feel supported and did not feel like the members were proud of him in the elite. He said, they're going to be proud of you no matter what, meaning I never had that. And I wish I did with the elite. And he's this jolted, jilted lover. And he has this really good thing going, but he's not going to commit to them. And he still has these people that were bad with him. And then he's going to go back to the people who hurt him again, and they're going to hurt him again. They're going to dentist it. He, they're dentisting the hangman right in front of our very eyes. And then once again, separate entirely, super kick to the face. But we'll see. That, that, but I like it. Either way, can we just say how great it is, how, how brilliant this story is telling how they're all intertwining. So good shit. Yeah, it is, uh, and and you know what this and and they're already like alluding to to Hangman and Kenny because he's like the number two contender current. Um, who's the number one contender at this point? I believe like, it's they've been official. Yeah, let me check that real quick. I'll find out. Like they articulated, you know, hey, like you know, about Page uh, coming out, and they're like, guys, oh, the number two contender. And I, I just sitting here thinking, like, well, who's the number one? If it's MJF, I don't understand that. He was just doing. He was just. You know, going for the tag team belts what it's three not, weeks ago. No, it's not a, it's not MJF. All right, so the rankings this week. Hack, number one contender, three and zero, oh, which is nice. That Pack and Kenny is going to be amazing again. They always throw down. Then is Adam Page, Cody four and one. He hits number three. Mox at four, and our boy Ray Phoenix at number five. So that is the situation there. So I was wrong. No, no, I, why wouldn't Archer be in there? I'm surprised neither one of my guys were in there. So Pac, Pac is considered number one. Yeah, and he was just going for the tag title. So I don't know how and they're he, doing. And, and, and he's going for a tag team belt, the tag team belts with Ray Phoenix against the Young Bucks. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know why you Kenny wouldn't have Omega, Archer there. Kenny Kenny Omega is going to run out there and cause Pack the 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 match un, with with the Bucks not being cool with it. That's a good possibility, man. But I I don't know if that and happens. That, uh, Kenny just just kind of just kind of wrote him off though. I don't know if he, Kenny's going to Ken, Kenny's going to act like he's doing him a solid. Is going to cost Pack and Phoenix the match. The Young Bucks are going to win. They're going to be. Ah, then I I don't I don't the way they want it. I wouldn't. And then like, that's going to create a B for for pot, for Kenny to go. Yeah, I mean they. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go that far. And the reason being is Kenny just wrote the bucks off. Technically, in air quotes. Mm-hmm. So does that make sense to do that in that instance? Also, AEW who just super kicked them. Also, AEW, you know they're booking in championship matches. How often do they have outside interference? It's not something that they do. Uh, they don't do often, but it's not saying that it can't be done. Okay. Well, all right. Well, my two. I mean, did Don uh, Callis help? Did Don did Don did Don Callis go and hand a microphone to Kenny Omega to beat John Moxley? That would be considered interference. Yeah. No. That that's okay. Give me another championship match that that happened. You asked for one. I just gave you one. I didn't. I am going to rewind that. I never said ask for one. I did. Maybe I did say one. Name one. All right. That's the only one you can think of. All right. Well, All right. Whatever. 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 That's I, okay. Sure. I'm moving on in that one. I disagree. I don't think it's going to happen uh, because of the two reasons I already cited. And also it revolves around Omega. Yeah. But I just, again, I, I gave you my two reasons. It's just, uh, it goes back to Kenny wrote him off. Yeah. I, to me, it's a, t- and the thing is, yeah, Kenny wrote him off, but then he gets super kicked by the Lucha brothers, which one of which is going to be in that match with Pac yeah. against the bucks. So there's the heat. Yeah. It does make sense there. I get you. And then, but- then he's going to, then he's going to act like, Oh, Hey, you know, I did you guys a solid, aren't we still family, blah, blah, blah. And I think the bucks are going to be even more annoyed. I mean, part of it, you know, part of it makes, I think part of it makes some sense, but I, I, I just don't, just given my experience with AEW, I don't know if they could go that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I mean, again, we'll see when it, we'll see it when we see it. And you and I are just uh, guessing at it at this moment, but oh, yeah. uh, 
but yeah, the, you know, like I, I didn't even realize Pac was considered number one. And a and, and honestly, I, I'd much rather see Pac against Omega. Uh, and, and just have that feud going because that is going to be incredible. Absolutely. Um, Pac is one of these guys, man, who doesn't matter how you know how tall he is, which is like always like a detractor, especially in certain other companies. It, it's it's the fight within him is above and beyond most, probably ninety five percent of all wrestlers that I've ever seen. He is cut from the same mold of certain guys that I grew to respect many many years ago. Um, you know, the obvious one to me, um, um, you know, like Arn Anderson ish in some ways, just his, his approach and his badass abilities. And then all of a sudden you're putting in an aerial, uh, uh, an aerial assault that, yeah, I haven't really seen. I, I, I mean, I, when I saw him for the first time in NXT, I was like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. And then now we're going to put that in the ring with Kenny Omega, uh, that that's going to be really really interesting. I mean, they had a match of the year candidate last year with their Iron Man match too. That match was that they had on Dynamite. Yep. So they then yep. they already went also. Yeah, that was very pay- good. They also had another pay per view match. So they're going to have, I believe they've had three matches total, and Kenny won the first two. But yeah, it's going to be that'll tell itself. Pack is that other, one of those characters similar to Arn Anderson. And guys of that ilk where he can kind of keep the same character if he's babyface mm-hmm. or heel and he's the same guy. You know, usually people have to do something different with their character, even if it's just a little bit. Arn Anderson didn't really ever do that. He was always a straight shooter. Nope. He always would cheat to win, even whether he was a good guy or a bad guy. And he was always a guy that's yeah. a man's man. Uh, so you know, and you're right. He is the perfect hybrid type guy. You know, though he's similar to Will Ospreay in that. Uh, and I think most people would say from an aerialistic standpoint, Ospreay is better. But I really like Pax better because I like a ground game. I like a striker. I like a guy who can be very innovative. But not that Ospreay isn't. But, yeah, I'm all with you with Pac-Man. I think he is a guy that really has a bright future. And, and the other thing I, I personally love about uh, Pac is the fact that he's actually a great submission guy. I mean, he's basically doing like the rings of Saturn, and I freaking love that move. Is it Pac or Pac? I don't know, man. I don't know either. I've been calling him Pac the whole time. <laughs> well, X-Pac. Imagine if X-Pac yeah. comes back. X-Pac and Pac! <laughs> I think fucking white dude from Scotland talking about pop. don't go together in wrestling. <laughs> oh man, he's got a nickname of Tupac Shakur. That's great, but that's going to be great. That's going to happen too. There's so many things that you can just look forward to. Let's go into a top-notch promo by, in my estimation, the best women's wrestler on the planet. That's Dr. Britt Baker. I'm calling her that. And she cut a badass promo. And to a mixed crew, a lot of people were giving her the heat, particularly the wrestlers that were, and I guess they were booing her because she's a heel. Um, but she did get a big ovation as well. And she cut a promo how bad it wasn't good, how it wasn't good enough anyway. So she kept that heat anyway. And uh, I, I don't know. She had a hell of a week and not just from our show, but every, everywhere all over the places, really making Dr. Britt Baker, the household name that maybe a lot of people thought she was going to be. It took her a couple of years, but Dr. Britt Baker has arrived. Uh, she's the hottest, uh, f- like female talent currently in that company and is easily, skyrocketed up the uh the the ladder for all women wrestlers as well where she was top 10 you know about three weeks ago uh you might have to say she's like top you say number one others would might say others um you know right now i'm, I'm liking sasha banks run I, I really respect what bailey's done as well um you know uh oscar as well can't be necessarily frowned upon either uh, especially with how they've used her in such a shitty way too. Um, but Britt Baker, that promo was great. And honestly, that was one of those things where if there was a live crowd there, I personally think that they would have been all over it in a positive way. And it would have been like a stone coldish moment. 
maybe I, but she's so passionate about being a heel. Like Austin, when he was doing that, he didn't give a shit. If he could be, she, she would have gotten the heat. She wants to be this heel. Cause I think she feels so. Yeah, it was great. She, she would have gotten a lot of pop. She just was so authoritative. She said what she felt. You really believed it. And I'll tell you what, I'm just excited to see where this woman goes from here. And it's one of those matches where the, the loser actually, because they, their performance was so great. The loser actually is the winner. You got Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania. Yep. Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 10 is a big time example of that. Yeah. You know, everyone was talking about Shawn Michaels after that match, even though Razor won. Yep. You know, and lo and behold, Shawn Michaels the next two years is headlining WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, she's on a, a really great path. Yeah, but Brit, Brit is definitely on a great path here at this point. Um, she has leapfrogged many and and honestly de- deserves to be the champion at this point. Um, you know, I don't really look at Kushida as like the future of women's wrestling in AEW. Uh, um, I'd say really it's Britt Baker, and I, I'm very high on Jade Cargill as well. I think she's going to eventually be uh, a monster in the business, especially with AEW. Yeah, they got to get a couple of big baby faces in there to kind of because right now they're top heavy, they're heel top heavy. Even Nyla, say what you want, but even Nyla Rose is one of their top stars, whether you like her or not. She's one of their top stars. She's a heel. You got Jade Cargill. You got Britt Baker. I mean, those are their to me their three most entertaining women's wrestlers. Ante, Ante at all or no? I don't mind Tay Connie. I don't know her personality she had a great match i think it was on i'll actually this past it actually was a pretty good match with nyla rose this week so she is the number yeah, yeah. she's the number one contender she'll probably go against sheeta i don't believe she'd beat sheeta so mm. we'll see i mean it might have been that I, might I, have been I, a spot but I, anna j got hurt so maybe she took her spot I watched her a bit at nxt and i thought she was a pretty good worker and i was happy to see that she went to AEW. Yeah, she's cute too. She reminds me of Shakira. Shakira. She's Shakira. Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a resemblance there. Even like, I think Shakira is like what Colombian. Tay Conti's from Brazil, uh, but she definitely has that uh, sort of South American flair to her. So. Yeah, just seeing the face. He's just that, like that kind of tiny, <clears throat> tinier yeah. face. But, uh, yeah, that was phenomenal. I just thought she was great, and I'm I've been high on Britt Baker for a while, as you know. Soon as she became yep. the ro- soon as she became the role model, and I don't know if I have my shirt. Uh, I should have worn my role model shirt tonight. That would have been great. That that would have been top notch. She's uh, but she's doing great. We had the pinnacle with their first ever match. Thought it was okay, but the promo after yep. promo after was great. It was good to see Dax and Cash get some mic time. I love when they they just do the old school, you know. Mid South rest, you know, Mid South wrestling on promo back that you know Tully and Ard made famous, and you know, God damn, I mean MJF. Every time he touches the mic, it's gold. So that's cool too. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. As the kids say, that promo was straight fire. <laughs> fire, it's fire, bro, it's fire. <laughs> But yeah, it was a very good promo. Uh, you see the, how they're building up this uh, faction. Uh, they gave Sean Spears the win, uh, the pin, I should say. I don't know if you picked up on that. And um, yeah, it's 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 really uh, a, a a great situation that you got going on with that that uh, faction there. And then honestly, they're gonna. I think they're gonna kick the shit out of uh, out of the inner circle. Uh, reigns start reigning supreme at this point. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm loving what I see with that group. It's a, it's an old school situation there, and uh, uh, there's so much talent. And and honestly, honestly, man, I would just love to see like Arn Anderson eventually join them. Oh, absolutely, that would be the pinnacle. Oh, uh, oh, I see what you did there. Hey, you know it's funny. We talked. We've been talking a lot about AEW. We didn't talk about the opening match, which was fucking amazing. I thought, oh, Kenny, uh, Kenny, Omega, yeah, Kenny Omega and uh, Matt Seidel, yeah. Oh my gosh, I really thought it was great. I, I you know, Kenny kind of very good, and so, it was one of those matches because it wasn't for the title. So 
you couldn't suspend your disbelief. I would. I don't care what would have happened in that match. If the title was on the line, there's no way Seidel wins, right? So I like. Right. I like when how they did that. WWE does that too sometimes to give them credit. They make it a non-title match and make you kind of believe that it's possible that the guy could win. And there were a couple pinning combinations just because Seidel, he did like an extra grip of his arms on a roll-up or he did an extra, just these little things where it looked like he actually thought he was going to win. Those little things that usually people do to get the big roll-up, particularly in WWE, you'll see them do the overreaching roll-up when they win, but when they when they don't go for it, mm-hmm. when they don't do the the overreaching, then the roll-up doesn't win, doesn't work often. So it's one of those deals. So I just really fell in love with this match, and I was like, oh shit! And I by the I wasn't too excited about it initially, but by the end of it, I was really into it, and I was happy Kenny won because I didn't want to see Seidel wrestle for the title. So. And thankfully, Seidel was able to go and recover his blue jacket before the match because some dude dressed like a priest was selling it behind uh, the stage during BTE, which was really great, great entertainment. I fast forwarded that. I fast forwarded those guys. So I can't complain. It's like, it's like, honestly, it's like when, if I, if I complain about a raw, I didn't watch. It's like, oh. but I yeah. watch it for research purposes. And you did. And by the way, the research purposes is worth it because you get these added parts of the storyline. Am I right? Yeah, especially how the Bucks are going to go and team up with uh, Hangman again. Yeah, so uh, Lance Archer Archer had a promo he cut. Looked like it was some kind of abandoned warehouse or something. Thank God. And Jake the Snake Roberts, and we've been calling for Jake Roberts to not be with Lance Archer for months. I think I first called it, it might have been six months ago or seven months ago. It was shortly after it started. So Lance Archer was not, and more, and possibly was, Lance Archer was by himself, and possibly more telling, Jake the Snake Roberts was with the jobbers at ringside. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you start calling people ween. <laughs> he got called down to the principal's office from Tony Khan. Hey, Jake. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. I got to talk to you, pal. Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on? Yeah. What was weenies, man? I mean, we gave you carte blanche. What, what, what's going on there? Man, fucking weenies. You know, it's damn. Cornette told me it was going to work. How you, you got to sit with the jobbers tonight. Just just tonight. You gotta you gotta think of better stuff. And so that was like him getting sent down to the principal's office. <laughs> and it didn't look like he was having fun either. Yeah, it's, yeah he he looked like he was being punished, which was great. And then and then you know it's funny you you mentioned you mentioned the cornet connection there, like as if he went. Remember you fun saying like he went to Bizarro Cornet and asked him what to son. Um, uh, Cornette's take on the weenie thing was very much like ours. It was very funny to me. And he actually said this. He goes, he's like, Jake the Snake Roberts is on a show where you can say bullshit, and the best you can come up with is weenies? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck is he doing, man? (laughs) Is he smoking crack again? He's probably smoking crack because you know he loves smoking fucking crack. Plays with his own tits in a wrestling match. Fucking guy comes up with weenie. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, so Lance Archer cut a fucking great promo, though, either way. And he, and I actually tweeted uh, to Lance Archer, and I commented when I was doing my tweeting while I watched AEW Dynamite. And Lance Archer, I think he agrees with me. I actually specifically said, and I'm paraphrasing, I said, Lance Archer is good enough where basically he needs to be able to tell his own story to justify how intense he is. You can do other things with Jake, but Archer should be by himself. And Archer liked that tweet. Lance Archer, the wrestler Lance Archer, liked that tweet, among other people. So there you go. There is obviously something there. Archer would rather be by himself. I think that that's what that means. 
Oh yeah, the 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 end is is near here, and uh, so Archer's sort of going after Sting, right? Like that's uh, you know who he was calling out in that warehouse promo, from what I recall, right? Yes, not Darby Allen. He's going after Sting. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting, and it's like goes, but like I don't want to say like Sting's going to necessarily look to job to this guy immediately um, and put him over, but. Um, I mean, maybe it's a situation where <laughs> Jake has enough and looks to like basically n- not necessarily go and turn Archer face, but he cost him the match out of jealousy uh, because Jake is this close to not even being on camera. That's the thing. Do you even put Jake there just to turn on him? I mean, it would be like a wet fart. Who would care? Yeah, I'm sure. Would you have Sting losing to Archer? Like, um, you know, when was the last time Sting had a singles match, really? Yeah, and that's the thing. What do you want to do? Was it against Rollins when he got hurt? That was the last singles match he had, yeah. Because he's only had the street fight since then. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see where they're going to go with with this. But they're doing the right thing with Archer, slowly separating him from Jake. He doesn't need Jake. Um, I don't even know who needs Jake at this point because he's so disconnected with the way things are at this moment. Man, why, why the fuck do they have um, Yeah. I'm here with a girl. I'm here with a fuck's going on with that, man. Where's DDP yoga? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to make him like a yoga, yoga, yoga uh, guru. That'd man, be a good I'll, angle for him. Man, Vicky Guerrero's looking good, man. She's looking sweet. Fire. Oh, man. <laughs> He's talk. He's talking to that Luther guy and and his buddy with the mask. <laughs> man, what the fuck's your deal? It's like, it's like that. Literally, like that point where Beetlejuice goes in into purgatory and he has like the the one dude on one side with the with the shrunken head and he has the yeah witch doctor. It was literally just looking like Jake with those yeah. two guys. Hey man, what's going on? He should go with them. That would be hilarious. Jake, Jake is now officially hanging out with the last. Now officially hanging out with the last people that would be chosen for the kickball team at the AEW party. <laughs> Luther and I still forget the dude's name, but the masked guy. It's so funny. Ser- serpent, 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 oh, serp- or something. Serpentico, like serpentico, serpentico, yeah. yeah. Serpenta, serpentor though was from Cobra, Cobra. Yeah, just Cobra. <laughs> Sepentor. He's a cobra. I get. Yeah, I get it. But so that's so it's going to be interesting how they work with that. I I think Archer eventually will have the TNT titles uh, within the year or so. My opinion. And does he target Sting? I, yeah, I don't know what the purpose. Going back to your question, I don't know the purpose to have either one of them beat the other one because whoever loses, it's going to be something. Now I'm sure Sting wouldn't care, but you're right, dude. I mean, AEW's got to throw the fucking guy a bone. I think he was one in three in the WWE or one in two, and the one was like a bullshit match yeah. on Raw that he won by disqualification. Like every big match he wrestled in WWE lost. So you're right. I, I would be really ballsy to be like, hey, Sting, you're dropping your first singles match. Yeah, I just I don't think it helps um, the mystique and aura of uh, of Sting. Yeah, and I think they so. believe that. I think they believe that, too. So I don't think I would say there might be something to instead of a match, maybe Archer attacks Sting and beats the living shit at him, puts him out for a little bit. And then there's heat with Darby. He comes to his rescue and then they fight for the TNT championship because right now Archer's not even in the top five. So you have to get him somehow in a program with Darby. And, and that would be a very good feud, by the way, those two. Oh my God, it writes itself, man. Oh my God. I, I love how AEW has all these things right in front of us and you see it and you know they're not going to fuck it up. And I'm going to make. Yeah. It's great. And uh, I'm going to make a prediction when they feud. Darby Allen's going to get his ass kicked. No, I. Well, I'm sure he's going to get his ass kicked, but uh, I guarantee you that. Um, uh, Jr. makes a uh, a comment like this. This is like a real life David and Goliath. 
He dude, he goes to those that bag of fucking sayings, doesn't he? Holy shit! He dropped the two dollar steak one a couple times lately too. It's fucking a character. He's like John Sterling. If anyone listens, yeah, the two dollars. It's he just it's a caricature of himself. I'll tell you right now, business is about to pick up. That blunt you're rolling. That 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 blunt you're rolling looks like tougher than a two dollar steak there. <laughs> Mr. Bradley. Dude, he, he Snoop Dogg, you are not. He has not been, I'll tell you what, he hasn't been as bad as he was lately, though. He's been bad, but not as bad. Yeah, I saw I read some more. I read somewhere um some sort of interview after uh Excalibur did his first couple shows with him. And uh, Jr. gave him some sound advice, if you will. You know what he told Excalibur? Don't listen to a fucking word I say. No, he told Excalibur, "You don't get paid by the word." So he was telling, he was basically telling him that talks too much. Basically, he was telling him to take it easy. <laughs> Dude, Excalibur's so much better than him. Right now, I mean, Excalibur. Honestly, oh, yeah. he's more—he's more up my alley. I never really loved Jr., so I'm the wrong guy to probably ask about that. But yeah, I've never been a huge Jr. fan. I know, I know that he has a um, his following, especially in the Midwest, and when you get closer to places like Oklahoma, he's sort of an old school throwback because of the days. I mean, listen, man, I grew up on Gordon Sully, and I have sort of a soft spot for him. You know the way he sort of um, handled interviews and things of that nature and, and even did uh, his announcing as well. He's like Walter. JR is a, the guy who, I'm sorry, he's, he's, like JR is just a guy who, you know what, I, I'd be much more happy if it was Shivani and Excalibur. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I want JR gone, but again, mm-hmm. he's, just, he's just a caricature of himself. You know, and they're not going to tell him to step away, so it's not even worth it. But he, 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 you know, he is getting, like I said before, we've we've talked about it, but it's not been quite as bad lately. He, but he is doing that old school thing that a lot of guys do in their later years. They kind of go back to their gimmicky shit that got him over back in the day. I mean, John Sterling, look at him. Yeah. I mean, he comes up with another goofy fucking call every other week. If you don't know who we're talking, we're talking well, about the yeah, he, he comes up. The pay-play-play guy of the New York Yankees on radio. For those of you who don't know, and with every and with every new Yankee, you get a new home run call. Yeah, and he's always doing weird shit, and he and he just plays them out all the time. Ah, uh, whatever. I don't want to shit on Sterling, but it's a similar situation. But like I said, Sterling can still do his job for the most part. Jr. He can't do play-by-play anymore. Every time he's done it, it's been a disaster, and. By the way, I'll tell you what. If you're Excalibur, all you can tell do me is what. Like, eh. What are you going to say to Jr. You know, got to come. Yeah, you sit. You sit there. You live and you learn. Yeah. And by the way, maybe he was a little hyped up, and maybe he was over. He was was talking too much a little bit. But I don't know. But either way, I'm, I like where we're going with Lance Archer because I, I love the guy and uh, really good person out, off of camera as well. Uh, Christian Cage and Frankie Kazarian, they have history and impact. So they're going to go at it next week. I don't really I'm not vibing with this Christian Cage character just yet. Oh, I'm just giving everyone some, some pointers. You know, I mean, can he? I thought he was Captain Charisma. He's just, he's Captain Vanilla right now. Jesus. I want Kazarian to kick his ass. He's not going, mm. but that should be a good match, though. No, I like Kazarian. I do like Kazarian. I, I've, I've always I've admired him since uh, when I used to watch TNA back in the day, um, Worker. And um, I, I mean, uh, call me crazy, but I think he's a better in ring guy than Christian himself. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think it's crazy at all. Now, especially right now, you know, Kazarian can still go. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't do as nearly as many yeah. high. He doesn't do as nearly as many high, pollutant <laughs> shit he did a decade ago. But 
but he's in great shape. Holy shit, Kazarian's in monster shape. And yep. he looks good, man. He looks great. So it should be a really good match. I don't I see, I don't know. See, Christian has been Christian has moved me a lot more in his entering stuff. I haven't been super close to Kazarian's career. Um, right. If you just go by what they're doing today, I, I think you would be until you see Christian really go. We haven't really had a chance to in a one-on-one match until you really see him go. Yeah, that's to be said. So this will be a good bar for Christian and I, for Christian Cage, and I think it's a good situation. It's a guy he knows, a guy he can go out there and have a good fifteen-minute match with on television. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a big match for Christian Cage. It's, it's going to be really big. I again, I don't know how he's going to be received if he keeps with this particular character, though. Yeah, I think eventually the live crowd will probably sort of turn on him a little bit. I mean, I don't really care that he outworks everyone. And then if they turn on, then he turns heel and he'll be great. So it's fine. Uh, what'd you think of the Moxley and Kingston situation? Moxley called out the young bucks said he didn't like them, but said, if they're going to be in the game bucks, you better willing to get your hands dirty. He's fucking boondock saying or some shit. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see where it goes, man. But, um, uh, I'm just waiting for him to get hurt, you know, just to take a break so you can go watch his child be born. Yeah. And it's like, uh, and then in the meantime, I got to sit there and watch Eddie Kingston act me with how much. Oh my God. Thanks. Thank God for Dean Ambrose. Just walk out of the room. I'm sorry. John Moxley out of the room. Otherwise I'm just not a Kingston guy. Face heel manager. Um, I don't know the guy that puts the ring together. I just don't care. Okay. Um, I thought it was interesting that Moxley said he did not like the young bucks, but he owes them one. He doesn't like owing anybody anything. All right. I don't wonder where this is going. Cause he didn't mention Kenny Omega at all in the promo. He specifically just said the good brothers. So I think he's shifting gears and maybe it's just the good brothers that put him out. And then that's how. It happens. Or maybe he just takes a couple weeks off. Because, yeah. Because keep in mind, he didn't show. Uh, did they show up in the? Did he ever show up in the ring that night? Because if he didn't, he might have just cut. He might. They might have cut that last week. And he had this week off and then whatever happened. Mm-hmm. So he might be taking some time yeah, off yeah. here and there. So. Yeah, it seems like his sights are more set on the good. Yeah. It, which. I mean, you know, Moxley versus the Good Brothers. I don't know what it's for, what they're going to be, you know. It, it definitely won't be for any sort of titles, I doubt. Um, although, if the Good Brothers were able to go and obtain their former Impact titles, I'm sure that would be a nice boost for Impact if John Moxley appears on their show and defends those tag team belts as well. Yeah, and he's so. specifically and he's called out Impact once or twice in his promos. So as a joke, but that could yeah. be something that you you could be right there. Um, I'm not vibing with the arcade anarchy. Are you, did fucking Jericho book this shit? He always uses the alliteration. Arcade anarchy is next week with Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor against Miro and Kim Sabian. Uh, yeah, Sabian is chopping that one. Um, takes the loss, or you think Sabian costs them the match and Miro takes the loss? No, I don't think they make Miro take the loss at all. I think Kip Sabian takes the loss. Miro's going to blame him. Miro, Kip might kid do something mm-hmm. that Miro won't agree with, and then when he loses, Miro's going to give him the beat down. Kip Sabian turns babyface. Miro becomes a badass heel. Right yeah, now, yeah. they're trying to build yeah. Miro like Yusef did, like they build Rusev back when he first came up from NXT, like unbeatable. And look, mm-hmm. in AEW, he should have a run like that because of his entering ability and his size. But the long run, I don't think Miro's a champion. I really don't. I hope not anyway. But we'll see. I hope he never goes above that TNT title, man. Uh, we'll see how he goes, man. They're not going to put the title on him if he's not getting over. And he's not getting over right now. Yeah. No one gives a fuck about Miro right now. Just the way it is. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, and I, the video game, you're an angry video game player. That's your fucking gimmick, dude. You're blame dork. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, his, his wife's not, not attractive. Yeah. I, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think Lana's making more of an impact on uh, wrestling at this moment. Was she even, I don't know. I don't want to get into that. We already talked about raw this week. <laughs> I've already. I've but already, we didn't talk about her. <laughs> uh, was she even on it? I don't even remember. I think she was sitting there with Naomi, and and honestly, I have a feeling they're going to win. Uh, there's a chance I think they're going to win the tag team titles at WrestleMania. Of course, it's Lana's big. It's this long term storytelling, man. Lana got put through all those tables, and she's not worth it because she's not really a good wrestler. And da 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 da. And then she's going to look. That? And then she's gonna look like shit. And then, yeah. And honestly, what it'll be too. Say hypothetically, if she were to go win that tag team belt with Naomi, that is the WrestleMania moment that Rusev never got in in WWE himself. And it's like Vince, I think, sort of loves that sort of shit. Ah, Rusev came out. He fought Cena at WrestleMania. He came out on a tank. That was pretty cool. They lost. Still, the moment you come out in a tank at WrestleMania, I think he would. He, I don't think that was a big deal. But you're right. Vince probably will do that just to fuck with him. I will say that. That's a good point. Yeah, right. yeah, I agree. With that. Um, yeah, we don't. We don't have to talk more about Lana. But yeah, just okay. yeah, I'm not digging Miro at all. We'll see what happens. I mean, again, he's at his own devices right now. Being the mean video gamer is just. I want Lance Archer to beat the shit out of him. And then finally, we're and then finally in AEW. Then we're going to wrap it up for this episode. We have the main event: Darby Allen against John Silver, accompanied by the Dark Order. And a very, very good match. Sting showed up with a bat and kind of baby face versus baby face kind of vibe with the Dark Order. The Dark Order never really tried to do anything super shady, but Sting was there just in case. And then they all were buddies at the end. So good match, but not surprising. Yeah. You know what I'm uh, like? It was a very good. Yeah, it was a good, very good match. I thought felt bad, bad for uh, John Silver because of the. Uh, dislocated shoulder you could tell was able to go and you know do those do his move set by 100 percent with uh, that sort of injury um yeah but again entertaining uh and it was a good spot for both of them um you know one thing with sting is sort of surprising too is this uh we haven't really had like a big promo moment you know just with him um there may have been one time where they kind of gave him the mic but every other time it's like no mic time or he gets interrupted yeah, I think there's been a few, but yeah. I mean, what what's his job? Oh, hold on, everybody. We have a special guest on High Spots and Cheap Pops. Everybody. Uh, who's that? It's, it's Miss Evie Valley. Silicon Evie. Oh, Valley. hey. Silicon Evie Valley, but she ran away. <laughs> I knew that would get her the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you like that Silicon Eve Valley? <laughs> yeah, it was good. I didn't call it. I said Evie Valley. I meant Evie Valley. But anyways, uh, yeah, no, you're right. But I think what they're using Sting to get everybody else over and, you know, you're right, though. He gets interrupted. One thing, he was going against Taz, Team Taz, and, they, and it was just every week he would come out, get interrupted by Team Taz. That's probably yeah. why one of the re- biggest reasons you're so frustrated with it. So I get it. In between, yeah. you'd have a couple of shots, but. Back to the old drawing board. But even actually, no, even at the beginning, he got interrupted. And then Brian Cage came out and thanked him. And um, actually, we didn't talk about that. Brian Cage, as we, we were speaking, if I was not clear last week. Yes, Brian Cage definitely is turning babyface. And I think that kid, that kid's going to got a huge future. He's, he's he, had, he I've seen him cut promos. On YouTube, and the guy can cut a really, really good promo too. He just hasn't had the chance yet. So, big things for Brian Cage. They're kind of swapping him and Archer as the two, as the big badasses on either side. They're kind of doing a little swap. Yeah, Brian Cage could be a huge name for them. I mean, he is built like an Adonis. He can move in the ring. Um, 
he's got a good attitude about it and uh, he's a badass sort of guy man and uh, like if you make him more of a face man i mean that's that's a major deal there and um you know like trying to think of other guys that had great physiques back in the day like but I, 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 you know, recall a lot of those guys, but I don't remember any of them move that move like him. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I so mean, Luger never moved maker. like him. No, and, and again, the guy's brilliant, and he has just room to grow, and he's the FTW champion. I'd like to see that championship get a little bit more attention. Has it been defended at all? I don't remember. I think it's been defended like once, maybe. Not really. But not really. I mean, I don't even know. Yeah. yeah, I might be wrong about that. But, yeah, I just don't. It's going to be cool to see what he does. A lot of good young talent in this in this organization. And what's interesting with the, these big dudes coming to play, mm-hmm. on, they just look a lot better on TV. You might start seeing, you know, the lesser act, like the Jungle Boys and the, and the Marco Stunts and the, uh, the Concrete Rose, of course. You know, I know Janelle is hurt. You might be seeing guys who don't look great on TV being on TV all that much, at least on Dynamite. I don't know. So, but anyways, that is pretty much what we're going to do for AEW right now. Anything? So, what we got looking forward to next week? So, what do we got going on? Is is a did they mention any matches for next week? Oh, it's the Cody thing. I think is the biggest deal. Um. And you know what? Like, if they go and make that the main event, that like next week, you know that they're going to go and rip Cody's arm out of his shoulder, uh, out of his socket. So, um, happened there. Um, yeah, beyond that, I'm not sure really uh, if they've made any other announcements. You might see Darby against Matt Hardy or something. Maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know what they had, had said, if anything. So, uh, is have we haven't heard any confirm? Oh. Have we heard any confirmation on Silver's injury? Like how long it's going to be, or six weeks? Uh, I think six weeks. All right, he'll still like you said it before. He'll still be on, be able to be on TV and be goofy. And then uh, Jade Cargill against Red Velvet. That's right. And Red Velvet's had a great career in AEW. I mean, it was mostly on Dark, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But Jade Cargill is the future of that yeah. division too, so we know that. So. All right, well, we'll see, talk to you guys in the next episode. We're going to talk about SmackDown, WWE. A lot of crazy shit happening on SmackDown tonight, and we're going to get into that moment on our very next episode. Thank you so much for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops. For Vlad the Impaler, this is Silicon Steve Valley. We'll talk to you guys soon.